0: Hey there, I'm Nikki Milne, high school dropout next hairdresser and salon owner turned PR and marketing expert and founder of the Pet Collective PR agency. The Passion to Profit podcast is a conversational business podcast with a focus on marketing and PR to help business owners scale successfully, acquire more customers, increase your profits and become that desired go-to brand in your industry. So open your notepad on your phone, get out your pens and paper. You don't want to miss any of the following tips, tricks, and strategies that you're about to experience on the Passion to Profit podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Passion to Profit show. Today I am joined by Paris and Katie from the Diamond Collective. I am so excited to have these lovely ladies with me. I've been working with them regularly and I just think they have an amazing story and I really want to share it with you and obviously they inspire so many people so it's so important to kind of bring that love into the podcast and share their story. So welcome ladies.
1: Thank
0: you so much for having us. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You're just full of joy. I, that's what I think of you when I see you on social media, when I see you in person, and you just bounce so well off each other, which, you know, in you. Go, business, thank you. <laughs> partnerships are really quite rare and even more so successful partnerships. So I do want to delve into that as we progress through the podcast. But let's start with how did you both meet?
1: So Paris and I, we were so lucky to meet really early on. Mm. So um, we actually met when I took a job at our previous employer and Paris was one of the managers there. And within a couple of months, we were the managing team together and we just had <laughs> such a good rapport and, you know, work, um, teamwork through those years together that when we thought about, you know, working together as our own business, it just made sense. It just made complete sense. Like we just hit it off straight away. And
2: it was really funny because when Katie actually first started, it was um one of the premier jewelers in Perth that we used to work for. Mm. And when Katie first started, I was actually away on holiday. (laughs) And um Katie was like really nervous to me because I was a manager at the time and she it was her first job in the jewellery industry and then she was like oh my god I'm really nervous to meet Paris and she had this like image in her head that I was going to be this like older
1: I don't know why I thought she was going to be an old lady (laughs) and so I was so pleasantly surprised when Paris walked in and at the time (laughs) Paris had hair all the way down to her butt and she was really cool and I was like oh wow this is not (laughs) who you
0: thought
2: no and you just hit it off straight away didn't you like everyone had told me oh my god the new girl Katie's amazing (laughs) you're gonna love her And then very, very quickly, um, Katie was promoted um, to be the assistant manager and we just worked so well together. Mm -hmm. Like we just got
1: on like a house on fire,
2: both in a professional relationship, but also
1: we had that balance of, of, you know, equal banter to having a really similar work ethic. So we knew that we could get our heads down and work really hard, but then also have a laugh in between, which is always
0: makes it a little bit easier. Absolutely. So then, how long ago did you venture out on your own as the Diamond Collective? So it was just over
2: two years now. Just over two years. Yeah. Um, we decided uh, it's something that I had always thought about. I've been in the industry a long time, fifteen years, and I'd always thought about really wanting to branch out and do something on my own. And things circumstances changed where we were working. And we both decided it wasn't for us anymore. Mm. So we left and then COVID hit. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? If there's any time that we're going to do this, it's now. Mm. And I was like, there is no better person for me to do this with than Katie. Mm. So we kind of had a conversation about it. And yeah. we like, yes. like, shall we just
1: do it? It like, was so funny. <laughs> I remember we'd both had pretty hard a pretty hard day. And I was home that yeah, day. Yeah. And Paris was um, walking home from work. And I was sitting there like really thinking about, I was Googling things and she called me and she's like, do you reckon we could do this? Should we just do it? And we were, it was just like one of those, what the heck, how how are you reading my mind right now? And then, yeah, we, we just started and it was, it's been the best decision ever.
2: We both took, like, we went from really well-paid roles (laughs) to... We literally both took part-time jobs. jobs. We literally were getting paid nothing (laughs) and we just worked our asses off in
1: any spare time we had to build Diamond Collective. And then it was actually really lucky um, in hindsight because we had that three-month closure when COVID hit. And so we had no option but to sit down and have undivided attention to setting up a business during that closure. And we were really fortunate because we came out after lockdown and we had a fully functioning business. And Ever since we started, I feel like people really uh, resonated that we were providing a service that they really needed. You know, people were more focused on purchasing small business, but also more conscious about how that they, they were using their money. And our business really accommodated that, and yeah. we just launched from
2: there. It just happened that what we were trying to do and how different we were trying to be just coincided so well with people's mindsets changing mm. because of COVID. People wanted things to be a little bit more personal but also be able to do things virtually as well mm. and they were just being way more mindful with money and where they were spending it and spending it um here in WA instead of oh, elsewhere so. so that actually ended up working really really well for us um but yeah we just essentially we just knuckled down throughout the COVID lockdown built a business and then started taking appointments and it's really funny because when we first started we literally could only go to our client's so um, didn't
0: have a premises. You we didn't have really- a premises,
2: no. We didn't have a premises. So we would go to our client's premises or we would literally hire out a meeting room to see people. And wow. we're like, wow, now we're like,
0: can you believe that we did that? Like, that when and we that were was only world. two years ago. two like, years ago. That's amazing because you were mobile really to start yeah. with how you kickstarted it because you'd have the capital to go and rent a space so being mobile was your workaround and solution to the problem and challenge you faced yeah. the time yeah, yeah we had
2: a we had a little um travel kit didn't we yeah. Of like all of our our whole appointment kit was in there our diamonds our different um different settings that we had at yeah, the time and we'd go along with our little carry case like we were little air hosts. <laughs>
0: But people loved it. People loved it. It
1: worked. Yeah,
0: it worked. Then obviously, if we can say there's a lot of positives to come out with, and I'm the same, when uh, we went into lockdown, I actually treated that as a bit of a Blessing and a grace period that I can then rework on my business. So, I mean, it really, I know how optimistic you ladies are, and I'm very much the same train of thought. So, you know, is there any negatives about this business partnership? Because I know a lot of people at home are listening or walking around listening and going, Oh, I couldn't imagine having a challenge with uh, a business with my best friend, or, you know, I'd love to explore it. So, is there anything you would kind of give people with advice as in, you know, getting things legally drawn up or yeah. that
1: point yeah. um, I guess for like the number one have like super solid communication Paris and I we don't like we do have very similar um, ideas and thought processes so we're pretty lucky in the way that we already got to trial and test our working relationship at our previous employer and that was very smooth but I guess having that you know, ability to have an adult conversation when you do have a conflict and it's a conversation that's constructive rather than, you know, bickering. But also we have got a really good partnership agreement in place and our advice would be get that in place when you're happy because then when you are unhappy or if you ever become unhappy, you have something to fall back on. But um, we're very, very logical and reasonable, I think, in the way that we look at our relationship. And- yeah, and I think a good partnership agreement is one that you've, never have to look at yeah exactly
2: and we're just lucky we're very lucky that we actually agree on a lot of things Mm. don't we 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 really have sort of the same aesthetic we always wanted things to look a certain way we always were really passionate about how we wanted the business Mm. to be but there are definitely times that we disagree and we we just have to go, okay, let's let's have a conversation about this and make sure it's just yeah. a professional conversation and take our emotions
1: out of it. Yeah, and majority of the time it just comes down to the fact that we have miscommunicated or misunderstood something that the other person was saying or a situation. So a lot of the time it doesn't need to be anything bigger than like, a, oh, this was my point of view and this is yours. Um, So it's easy. I think as well, sort of drawing up specific roles
2: helps. We Mm. actually ended up falling into our specific roles purely because of circumstances when I had a baby, that kind of thing. And before we were both very much client facing, whereas now Katie seems to do that a lot more than I do. Yeah, And I do a lot more of the back end stuff and I still sit with clients, but Katie sees more of
1: them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a kind of, you know, it works to our strengths as well in yeah. that way. Like Paris is, um, you know, from her years in the industry, she's been a manager for a long time. So she's great at the planning behind the scenes and that sort of thing as well. And I get really excited about geeking out with clients <laughs> and doing the more diamond education stuff. So it, you know, yeah, it, it kind of works
0: really, really it just well. balanced,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I've absolutely noticed that with you when you're both very strong women. So I always thought when there was conflicts, you know, how did you get around that? But I can see now it's a very mutual, mature approach to it. So that's obviously yeah. allows you to move forward quite quickly, yeah. solve the problem and yeah. reconnect. So as I found well, just, as well, picking
2: your battles as well. Yeah. It, yeah. like sometimes I'm like, okay, look, is this really that? Am I really going to be that upset if this doesn't go my way? Yeah, let Katie's
1: really passionate about this. Let me let her have that. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and it's it's the, the same. Same for
1: me. And I think other thing is like, we genuinely trust each other in the way that we have, we know we have the same work ethic. So if I go, Paz, I need a day off, I've, you know, I'm wrecked, I'm really tired, I need a recoup. She'll so be like, yep, yeah, no worries. And it's never like the, oh, I'm working harder than you kind of thing, you know. We have that mutual respect that we are building a business so we can both, you know, create the lifestyle that we want. Yeah. Um, so we're working hard now. We're, you know, full steam ahead so we can have those weekends off and we can have those times away with our family and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's all about balance. And I think that's yeah. even if one of you needs to step back. You're right there with them supporting mm-hmm. you because you know yeah. you'll need to be able to step back. Mm-hmm. Else. absolutely that's vital and so in terms of Julie what do you find your biggest market is currently oh look I think for us it's always in terms of what are we selling more yeah as in do you sell more engagement rings yeah. or launch the cult collection so um you know what makes you so unique as jeweller?: I
2: think for us, our biggest market is still engagement rings. Yeah. Um, and I think it always will be. Well, like we, we can, and butter. It is, yeah. We can do absolutely everything, but people seem to really love our whole process with building mm. an engagement ring. And then also the end product as well, yeah. because that is our point of difference, how much more unique our designs are to just a traditional jeweler and how much more modern they are. People really, really love that.
1: Yeah. I guess the thing that I guess you can say we specialise in the most, um, you know, I, I like to think we're pretty good at most jewellery, but um, <laughs> the thing that I guess would like, you know, ring as our our point of difference would be the, our process of actually sourcing those diamonds, but also educating our clients yeah. about them. So where I think our clients get the most value from us is when we, when we are sourcing those bigger Um, more substantial diamonds like what goes in an engagement ring or something similar because that's where our time and all of our knowledge really comes through but of course we do love making everything
0: and I think that's something I've learned from working uh, with you guys I you know your diamond quality is just, and I I love diamonds, but it's uh, far superior to most other diamonds that I've come across, and that is so important to you. Hmm. And you know I've mentioned to you that I've seen diamonds with um flex in them or lines in them, and you're like, oh. Yeah. My- to me, that raised questions when I saw that and obviously that wasn't with you, that was with someone else. And then I've come to you and said, look, I'm looking at this diamond and you're like, well, really, you know, we've got to value that. And for you, it just would not sit well selling that. Yeah. And I think you've explained as well about sourcing, you know, multi-designers from China mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's something that just doesn't sit with well with you as a company. So, no,
2: not at all. Like for us, I think for me, like, I'm like if you're wanting to buy something this special, and it's normally for a really special mine, milestone, why would you want to buy a diamond that has got all of these different imperfections in just to get something that's a big size? That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, and we are really quite firm on this. No, like we, straight. if we have a client that's like, look, I really just want size. I really don't care if there's all these black marks in it, sorry, we're not, not, we're not the right fit because we just would never, ever want to put a diamond on somebody's hands that we wouldn't be happy with ourselves. Like we really want our clients to look at that diamond forever and be completely in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the problem with, I mean, every diamond has inclusions unless it's flawless, yeah. every diamond has inclusions, but it's all about where they're placed and how visible they are.
1: And this can happen at a lot, you know, beautiful can happen at a lot of different colours and clarities and sizes. You know, the the paperwork is one thing, but what it actually looks like on your hand is, of course, what you notice on a day-to-day. So that's where, again, we specialise is to, you know, find that unicorn diamond that fits into your price point but looks better and bigger and brighter and sparklier than its paperwork might indicate. Yeah, and, and the problem is now, like, With the traditional way to buy
2: diamonds, you go to a store, you have a look what's in the counter, you just don't get the education to actually exactly what you're buying and and each imperfection that's in your diamond. So what happens one day down the line when you're wearing it and you spot that inclusion, you can never (laughs) unsee that inclusion once you find it. (laughs) I get that. Yeah. The reason, like what makes us so unique is how we source because we can 100% guarantee that we will find you the absolute best diamond for what you want to spend rather than just having all of this stock here that it's in our best interest to sell you what's Mm. here. It's better for us to only bring diamonds in by order because that means you're getting a completely unbiased opinion from us and and a professional opinion so Mm. you can be sure any information that we're giving you is absolutely correct on what we stand by mm. and the way just, the videos work is they're intensely magnified so if there's I anything in there at all channels. you can see it yeah. so
0: you know what you are buying
1: yeah, so you're trendy.
0: buying by video as well so you're bringing yeah. in diamonds that you've um i guess screened and looked at but yeah yeah over <laughs> a Zoom or something like that, and then you're bringing them in for the client to present to, and then moving forward, they pick the diamond from the collection that you're presenting. Would that be yes.
1: kind
0: of? How um, it?
2: In some cases, but in most cases, we take them direct to the supplier via the HD imagery. Oh, so wow. they they literally buy the diamond like a jeweler buys a diamond. So they become the professional. We give them the education. They see
1: the videos, and then it's for them to decide. Where their money is best then. and like I guess the cool thing about it is we've we've never had to send a diamond back because these videos are magnified over 150 times. There is no There's no hiding, no <laughs> hiding of anything. <laughs> and alongside with all of our um, you know, our sample collections that allow to see size, shapes, all this sort, colors, all these things. It just means that you know it looks amazing in the video, but it looks more amazing when you see it in person. And oh, cool. <laughs> But, yeah, it's, it's just a very transparent way of doing things and I think it also makes the experience much nicer for the client in the way that it is more personalised but it also takes away any of that pushy sales person experience that, you know, I know a lot of people have gone into shops and literally wanted to run away because the person's trying to sell. Yeah. That's not our style. We are here to educate and then curate it's a collection appeal. that's, you know, good for you and you choose from there. So it just makes it a little bit nicer.
0: Oh, I love that. And so that kind of leads me on to lab diamonds. So I want to delve into this a little bit deeper because I had not heard of it before I met you both. Mm -hmm. And then it's just opened my mind to this whole other world of diamonds. So do you want to explain what a lab diamond is and why they are increasing in popularity currently? Yeah,
2: do you want to start with um, what what a lab diamond is? (laughs)
1: Yeah, sure. So a lab room diamond is, number one question we always get is, is it a real diamond? The answer is yes. On a molecular level, it is 100% carbon, exactly like a natural mined diamond is. It's not a cubic zirconia. It's not a moissanite. It is a diamond. And the way that it actually comes about is they've spent many years perfecting the science of being able to grow a diamond in a lab it starts with what's called a diamond seed and then they actually simulate the same heat and pressure and different um, elements that need to be present to actually grow this diamond in a laboratory rather than it taking billions of years within the earth's atmosphere it can actually um, happen as fast as a couple of weeks to a couple of months depending on the size of the diamond and during that process it's you know, a lot of people think that because it's lab-grown that it must be completely flawless, but that's not the case. It still has inclusions. It has still got different colours, and it's, it's actually the coolest process. It's, um, it's really, really fun to kind of talk about and yeah. hear about.
2: And they're graded in the exact same yeah. way that a natural diamond is because it is a real diamond. Yeah. It's not natural because yeah. it's not grown it's in not the mind. earth. But it is a real diamond, and I think that they are – I mean, the, the rate they are increasing in popularity is honestly phenomenal. Yes. Like the last year, we have just seen a major, major increase. Like I would say at the end of last year, we were probably doing 30% labs. 30%. And now I would probably say it's 50%. Mm. So it's, it's going
0: up and up and up. So why would someone choose labs? Is it because you get a bigger diamond? Is it because of the price point?
2: Yeah, so both of those things. So most people now, we, we can actually thank Pinterest for this. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Everybody and Instagram. Has their mood board of what they want in a ring and all of like the reality TV, like the Kardashians. Yeah. And we kind yeah. of see what these people have and we're like, okay, wow, that's what I want. And then you see all these Pinterest boards with massive four carats on. So then when people actually come and go, okay, wow, it's my turn. I'm getting an engagement ring. Sometimes all of these rings that they've been looking at, when they realize they can't necessarily achieve that in a natural, they're like, oh my, holy shit, what am I going to do? Like, So then we show them a lab-grown diamond and they can just get so much more for their money. So they're going to get that size that they really, really want to achieve. And usually amazing quality. Um, yeah. And that's what draws people because they get more bang for the book when they initially purchase.
0: And yeah. visually, would you or I be able to tell the difference on no. the hand uh, between a lab diamond and a natural diamond? Absolutely no. not because it's identical on a
1: molecular level. It is a real diamond. The way that we would tell the difference is because it would have a laser inscription along the girdle. That's really, really, really tiny. You'd need a magnification to be able to see that. But um, that's virtually the only way.
2: But any any diamond, whether it's natural or lab, when it's certified, it should have a laser inscription on the girdle, which matches it to its certificate number. And the difference with labs is just in front of its certificate number on the girdle, it just says lab. But these, I mean, they are literally laser inscribed. They are so tiny. It's really hard to see. see.
0: Yeah. And I know we've also spoken about over time, you know, in the future, potentially the earth will run out of diamonds, naturally form diamonds, or they're definitely on the decrease. So this is obviously a more sustainable way, obviously, moving forward as well. Yeah. Yeah. As another sort of having a conversation around this, do you think the value of lab diamonds, where will we see that heading as opposed to a natural diamond?
2: So this is actually a point that we always talk mm. about with all of our clients because I think it's, again, transparency is, is is one of our biggest core values. And um, it's really important to understand what you're buying and there is no way that we can know what's going to happen with the value of a lab diamond in the future.
1: We don't have the years of history of pricing that we do for natural diamonds for many, many years. We can, um, you know, previously and probably going forward, we can say that what you pay retail price for a natural diamond now will be pretty similar in 5 to 10 years, and it has been for the past 5 to 10, 20, 30 years, whatever. But with a lab-grown diamond, we don't have that history, so we like to be very transparent in saying that if you are someone who is ever wanting to upgrade or resell, your diamond, our advice is probably don't go a lab grown because we just can't guarantee what that price point will be in those years time. um Whereas a natural, we can. So yeah. your lab is great for someone who wants that beautiful big big bang for buck right now.
0: And they're sentimental. Um, and they're they sentimental. Consider
2: upgrading. Lab's an amazing option.
0: Wow. Amazing. So that was just such a great and interesting conversation to have, because I think we're going to talk more about in the future lab diamonds. We're going to see them a a lot more around. And I really think- definitely in Western Australia, you're leaving the space and educating people about Lab diamonds. So I just want to bring that up and share that with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, tell me, how are you currently marketing Diamond Collective? What's worked for you? What do you think is one of the key drivers of inquiries? I know you get a lot of inquiries. Do you want to share with everyone what you've kind of discovered and what you do?
2: Definitely Insta is one of our biggest, channels, well it's the biggest channels. We get so many inquiries through Instagram marketing. and um, just so many people see the designs on there, love them, drop us a message, and it usually turns into um somebody wanting to come in and look at things. And mm. um, but also referrals are massive for us. Not only because we obviously really try hard to give an amazing experience and generally our clients become our friends. Mm. We also offer an amazing referral program <laughs> which helps. Oh, okay, that's if you refer somebody to us and they purchase, then you receive a night around towers, which wow. is really
0: cool. I love that, yeah. that
1: is just yes. a
0: fantastic um incentive for someone to obviously pass on a referral. Yeah, yeah. and we find you know, I would,
1: I would say pretty safely 60% or 60, 70% of our inquiries come through social media based on aesthetic and seeing our posts and that sort of thing but a good 30 to 40 other of those inquiries would be people coming back for a second purchase or um, referring someone and it's I think that's the coolest thing you know the best way you could get a a client is from a referral because you already pretty much guarantee that they are your your sort of client, but it also means that someone's enjoyed your process so much mm. that they're singing and a lot of these referrals, to be honest, didn't even know about the program yet, and then you know you can give them that thank you at the end, and it's even really nicer. nice.
0: And I think that's such a, you know, a key point that we're the same in the agency. If we get a new client, a large new client and someone's referred them, I will always gift them a crown voucher or something similar because it's so important for me as a thank you, like you're saying, you appreciate that business. You recognise that they've actually sent someone your way and I don't think enough businesses do that. So for yeah. those who it is a really vital marketing strategy um, to implement in your business, big or small. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be a at Crown or it can be no. quite small, um, but it's just acknowledging and appreciating that someone did drive traffic and um, profit into your business. Yeah. I think
1: but, also uh, we're in the relationships business, right? We're not about selling and making money as much as you know building relationships that are going to be lasting. And when someone feels appreciated or feels special, they're going to stick around a lot longer, aren't they? And it's yeah, nice to absolutely.
0: work with people like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, what have you learned along the way? Is there any business advice you'd give to everyone starting out or um, generally in business? I think for me,
2: I've really learned that you need to have a niche within your industry, whatever you're going to go and do, you need to be either fixing a problem, or you need to be have a major point of difference, like that will really, really help you with success. I think for us, and for me, specifically, I've been in the industry a long time, and I've just seen the same outdated patterns the same way jewelers try and sell to clients it's a really really male dominated industry for how millennials want to shop for diamonds because if I was going to shop now for an engagement ring before we came along I don't know that I would have been able to find what the design that I wanted or even have the experience that I wanted I want to buy off somebody that I think. Oh, she's a cool chick. I trust trust her style and they have like a really cool concept. And and I think that that's really important to have a point of difference would be my biggest piece of advice and also be authentic because I feel like today in the business world, if you're not authentic, consumers are switched on.
1: They can spot it. They can spot it. Yeah. I think for me, I think really just betting on yourself, Mm. like if you have that good idea, like Paris and I were really fortunate because we did have those years in the industry together, you know, on that front line, working with clients and seeing something that was so obviously missing from our industry, a really cool opportunity. So we were lucky that we knew we had the good idea, but we had to sit there and go, this is going to be a risk and this is going to be hard work. But we're going to put it in, and we every time we've you know bet on ourselves to take that next leap or take that next step, it's paid off because we've jumped in, you know, and we've just backed ourselves. Yeah, you just got to back yourself and have that confidence, but also surround yourself with people that believe in your um, your mission. And like Paris said, be authentic to what you want. Like I think the reason Paris and I have scaled so quickly is because we dead set love. And believe in what What we we do do. and I think that's the main thing is being really passionate
0: yeah it it shows I think and and that's really really important and that's (laughs) how I would sub you out you're so passionate and joyful and driven it shines through I know you do a lot of Instagram stories and I can see that every single day when you're on Instagram stories you are genuinely invested in people and helping them and educating them and I think that's definitely been one of the main reasons you've scaled so quickly because what we see on stories is very much what we get and yeah. So, yeah if we you know come in to meet you you are no different when you need in person <laughs> as you show yourself on stories and across the instagram yeah. world. so that makes it not so daunting when you're going to invest 10 yeah. big- thousand dollars on an engagement ring or even three thousand you know that yeah. you are going to trust both of you with your budget that you're not going to say no and be upsold to something you can't afford which i think is so vital so i just love seeing that about you and i think that to me looking from the outside in is a huge part of your success
2: yeah, yeah. honestly and that's so nice um to hear because yeah. We meet so many guys specifically that are terrified of this industry, (laughs) and they've had a horrible experience somewhere. And they come to us, and they're genuinely sat so far away from us on the table, arms
1: crossed, body language cut off. Take a breath. I'm not trying to split.
2: We'll educate you. Like there's so much information in the diamond world, so to not really know about it and then go and think wow I have 10 grand here to spend on something that I really know very little about and when you search on the internet for diamond education it's so contradictory like you just never know what's right so many guys are so scared so it's really nice to be that point of call where people go oh my god like I can actually relax and these girls are relatable and they're not gonna yeah. I for it, a,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's trust as well. They trust that you're going to lead them in the right direction and give them enough yeah. education so they can make an informed decision.
1: Exactly. We, I think, like what a big part of building DC as well was both of our partners had walked into jewelers before and been terrified <laughs> yeah. and like in ideas like and headlights. So, literally, every single time we sit with a client, you see it like Howard. I want someone to treat my partner or how would I want to be treated myself? And Mm -hmm. I think that always leads you in the right direction for, you know, working with someone.
0: I love that. And so with um, obviously COVID, a lot of businesses have faced a lot of challenges. Have you Mm -hmm. had trouble sourcing diamonds? How has it affected you, I guess, from a supply chain point of view because I think it's also important to share that you're doing a lot of the design work but when it comes to actually making the pieces that is not something that happens in the house where you're currently situated
2: no so we have a workshop which is here in Perth city um so our specialty is the actual sourcing the diamonds for you and helping you with the design concept Mm -hmm. Um, but certainly not actually crafting the jewelry. No, you don't want to. to craft have the craft
1: jewelry. <laughs> who are great at what they do. Oh, they're
2: um, honestly incredible, and it's such an art form. It's amazing, but mm. yeah, in terms of what we've experienced with COVID, the diamond industry has been massively impacted. Yep. Not just with delays because diamonds come from all over the world, so we're definitely seeing more delays now. But also. We used to, when, when you first have your diamond bits at rough form, and we have diamond cutter and polishers that cut it into the different shapes and sizes. And pre COVID, you would have five diamond cutters and polishers on a bench. Now, because of restrictions, there's usually only two, which yeah. means if anything that's not in really high demand, like your round brilliance or your ovals are super popular at the moment. If it's not in high demand like that, it falls down the pile. They're not going to start cutting them, polishing the more unusual shapes because that's not what's selling. Mm. So, so if you were a lover of something that was quite unique, mm. it's even bloody harder to guess it now. So you have to be, we say to our clients now, we actually just had really, really gorgeous couple come in that were looking for something quite unusual. They were looking for um, a marquee-shaped champagne diamond, which is hard to get anyway. But now we just had to say to them, we can absolutely get this for you. You're just going to have to have patience. And when it comes along, it's even more of a unicorn and you're going to love it even more because it's been so much harder to get.
1: Yeah, and I think this is also why our, like, again, why we have been successful is because we do have the time to sit and search for these more specialised, more rare stones. And that's something that we've been very fortunate. We work with suppliers all over the world and we're very, very lucky to be able to dig through those piles and find those unicorn diamonds that um, are now just coming harder and harder and harder to get.
0: Wow, amazing. And I think that's just such a great insight to everyone, you know, about the process of it. It's not just walk in and pick something basically from a cabinet, like you're saying. That is not what you do. So I think, yeah, absolutely. This is so, um, you know, it's the new modern way of approaching diamonds and Mm -hmm. The education because it is a big investment and you do want to be yes. making that. So yeah. I also know you love networking. I've been seeing you, <laughs> lately. you're very social, gorgeous girls. Um, so <laughs> Thank I, you. I presume this is part of a little bit part of a strategy of actually getting your brand awareness out. So, you know, has it actually had an impact on your brand awareness going out and attending events and attending retreats and things like that? A hundred percent.
2: And I think you know, what's really funny at the start, when we first did it, we were like, oh my God, this is such a new concept to us.
1: Yeah. How are
2: we going to feel doing this? And it was very much about a marketing strategy. And once we actually started to attend these events and meet all these other amazing people that are in business, it's very much the marketing strategy has gone out of the window and we really just us. do it. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're there for um, a good time. All these amazing people that we can learn so much from as well and you can talk about all of your difficult times in business and celebrate your successes we really do it for that now and honestly I think because of that again we come across so genuine because that's genuinely what we're there for that that organically just turns into people coming to
1: us and seeing us and and designing amazing pieces with us so I think networking, you know, it's one of those amazing things where it's so cool to meet, you know, other people that are striving and making these big leaps in all these different industries. It drives you. It it drives you hugely. And so after these events that we go to, Paris and I are just (laughs) charging, ready to go with new ideas and that sort of thing. So it's not even necessarily a networking to get sales. It's a networking to charge your your passion and your, your excitement for being in business. And then everyone that you meet there, they pick up on how excited you get about your industry. And that's how the sales happen is because they see your genuine passion, your excitement, and they go like, Oh, I want to buy from these people or I trust these people and that sort of thing. So it's not necessarily to get sales. It's more, just getting the brand awareness that results in that because people like you
0: yeah. <laughs> sometimes. And they refer to you like I met you know, Paris and Katie, and this is, you know, I know they're di- doing diamonds and you should make a shout out to them. So I think that yeah. is a great lead generator networking yeah. as well. And obviously besides engagement means you also have an incredible collection called Cult. Which yeah. is a more affordable option. Um, do you want to just briefly share with everyone what the cult collection yeah. actually is and why it was created? Absolutely. So,
1: we created cult, it's a beautiful stacking ring collection. All of our pieces um, are a little bit more affordable than our bespoke creations. And we actually created this selection because Paris and I felt like when we looked around, we couldn't see anything that marketed to our aesthetic but also in a beautiful quality that is a price point that is reasonable for you to be like, I've had a really good month. I'm going to spoil myself or I want to bless my friend and let me, you know, get something special for my friend or my sister, but something that, you know, suits that young millennial, you know, Mm -hmm. aesthetic feel that people are really searching for. When we looked around, everything was, you know. Costume jewellery. Costume jewellery or extraordinarily expensive. So we thought, you know, there's this gap here where, we can make cool, trendy designs.
2: Yeah. That um, so but also beautiful quality. Yeah, beautiful quality at more affordable prices so that if you've had a bloody good week in business or you've just had a great week at work and been promoted, that you can celebrate your own success and buy something for yourself. Like right. it doesn't if did, gifted. You can gift it to yourself. And the whole purpose of the whole collection is to stack. Like we are... Queens of stacking jewelry. (laughs) We love it, love
1: it.
2: Layer everything. Layer everything, stack everything. So you can sort of start your collection and build on it. Um, and that's what we love about it. Yeah.
1: We also just want to retrain people's minds that jewelry isn't something that you have to wait for someone to purchase for you. It doesn't, you know, it's not just your one engagement ring and done for the rest of your life. It can be, you know, jewelry is a really beautiful thing because it always carries sentiment you look at that ring and you go I got that because I had a killer month and I did really well in this area or this someone give, gave this to me or I gave that to someone and whenever you see that piece of jewelry you think of that beautiful memory yeah and so it's a very powerful and very um beautiful concept jewelry I think yeah way.
2: yeah and you should be able to give that to, to your, yourself to yourself yeah, right
0: absolutely girl, I think
2: spoil yourself
0: <laughs> I remember having an ex-boyfriend and we'd lived together for four years and um, we separated and I remember the first week I was like that's it I'm going to go buy myself a beautiful pearl ring and it was incredibly expensive and I just walked into the jeweler in Subiaco and went I want this pearl ring had it designed it, yeah. and I was like right this is the new beginning I can do this <laughs> exactly there behind me Yes, I'm <laughs> We are all about that. <laughs> yeah, and I love that ring. And I still it carries that same kind of empowerment. And every time I wear it, I it reminds me that, you know, I can do it without people behind me. I can yeah. do it by myself. So I am yeah. all for that. And I think it's yeah. really important that as you know, especially for people that are female listening, to go and purchase something that is sentimental for those big moments in your life. And then you always have that. And like you say, when you see that particular piece of jewelry, it reminds you of where you were and where you are now. So, yeah, I love so that.
2: I, I love that. Like I, I love looking down at my hands and feeling like I am a boss. Yes. I, I bought these for myself. I want everyone to do that. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. So we just finished up the <laughs> podcast with um three quick questions to me. Um, something you want to ask me about marketing or business. I am very intrigued to hear what you have for me because obviously we know each other quite well.
2: Yes, we do. No, and we absolutely love picking your brain. <laughs> and it definitely helps us. So I guess one of the main things I wanted to ask, so obviously, you're the queen of PR (laughs) and um, we wanted to know what do you think is like the holy grail of where we should be seen like where is our reach for the stars place where do we really want to be have readers reading about us and learning about DC
0: yeah I think you want to be become a brand that's synonymous throughout Australia I wouldn't even aim for a WA but synonymous with quality and, um, you know, your design. So I actually think, you know, for me, when I see someone featured in the paper and they're talking about their favorite things, you know, their top 10 treasured things, and if there's a diamond collective ring in there, for me, I think that is the most organic but beautiful way of PR happening for your business. Yeah, so that maybe. will come over time, over the next, sort you know, five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I was featured a you know, an article about me and me talking about my top, you know, 10 objects or items I have. And I have the beautiful ring I've got from you in it, or the beautiful tennis bracelet that I absolutely adore. When I'm highlighting that that is one of my top 10 treasured things that I own, I think you can't buy better PR than that for your business. Okay. And that's probably a left of center answer. But, you know, hmm. I read them all the time in magazines, whether it be Vogue, yeah. or locally. And I look at what people treasure what means the most to them. Yeah. If there's a house fire, what are they going to grab and run out with? And, you know, ultimately if yeah. it's from the Diving Collective, I think that could, that you know, that's crisis. Together. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so good.
1: good advice. <laughs> so our next question is, so over the years we've seen a huge evolution in different social media that comes around. We started with MySpace, then Facebook, then Instagram kind of became the next thing. What do you feel after, you know, we are seeing a little bit of a decline in what's happening on Instagram nowadays, what do you think is going to be the next big
0: platform for people to conquer and reach clients in different ways? I think, and I've said this throughout this podcast is email. I think we do not spend enough time on email. And literally the last 24 hours, I've run a poll in my Instagram stories and it is alarming. (laughs) I'd say 60% of people said they don't use email in business as a marketing strategy. And it blew wow. my mind. And even you guys coming on board with this last month, I was like, where's these emails? What's going on? Yeah. We we're like, yeah. okay, we're not really doing them. And I'm like, but I can see direct results of sales. And even this morning, like you say, I, there's been a decline in Instagram. I'm currently kind of on a hiatus. I was like, I need a break from my Instagram account. And I wrote this beautiful email and I literally just walked into the office this morning and wrote, you know, just letting everyone know I'm still here, but I just, I'm a bit over it at the moment. So I've decided to yeah. take a step back, have a recharge for a few weeks and I'll be back soon. And we have had so many people this morning reply to that email. Like, yeah, wow. Well, sent that out. So that's relationship building. They're reading that out email they're resonating with it and you know that's forming a stronger relationship with me because I'm being honest and transparent so we're not talking about emails that are just sales emails going out we're talking about you know this is happening in our business and you know um you know we've seen a rise in labs maybe we can talk about that in your email system so I actually feel like email in the next two or three years will outshine a social media anything else okay that's, that's
2: personal. it's much that's more personal yeah like making our notes Nikki learning <laughs> absolutely write that down um yeah and I think finally which I think this one is I'm really interested to hear what you say so we do in the pipeline we think we're going to be in a store by the end of this year so that's like the next big step for us but after that once we're there what what do you think like the next step for us
0: should be like what should we do like what's our next move See, I, having had a store and back in the day, I had over 2000 retail products in it. So although I don't talk about retail a lot, I am quite experienced in retail. The bigger you get, the more headaches you have. And you can multiply stores like a lot of companies do, but you actually lose a lot of your control unless you have really big operating systems in place. So if my advice for you would be to keep one store and just do it incredibly well. And then online portal where you can consult all over the world for people seeking diamonds but mm-hmm. in my experience and I was a 25 year old and I had the opportunity to multiply my hairdressing salons I was given this incredible opportunity and my parents were half business owners and they were like we do not want to do it we do not want to do it whereas for me it was very ego driven I was like I want to have stores all over Perth and I want to expand onto the um east coast and they talked me out of it and now being much closer to 40 I was like that was <laughs> Move, it, I would have spread myself too thin. I couldn't have controlled all the outcomes because what makes what I do special is because it's very tailored and bespoke and personal, and I'm quite involved in it. And I mm-hmm. feel that's where you are as well. So mm-hmm. I feel, you know, I would just make that the most incredible experience of that store, which I know you will do. But mm-hmm. beyond that, I would be looking to expand into online where you can do consulting via online and sourcing and actually, you know, having clients globally. Okay. And then potentially do pop-up diamond collectives in each city each year. So each city. Yes, I'm
2: so excited. Go awesome. to Sydney
0: for a week, rent out an exclusive room in a beautiful hotel and yeah. have actual clients come in <laughs> to at the hotel and yeah. then go to Melbourne. Yeah. And then go to New York and go <laughs> to London. Oh, my tax God, tax I'm deductible. so go. <laughs> That and is just a such a better concept. All over
2: the globe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It's all tax deductible. You're working, but you'll be able to travel with it as well. So yeah. that is what I see would be a brilliant strategy to moving forward rather than multiplying stores out across Australia or all the globe. Yeah. Uh, we
1: definitely have big dreams for making DC national and international and all that sort of thing. So yeah, sounds sounds like like we
0: have to (laughs) hone in on making here right first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for joining me today on the Passion to Profit podcast. Where can people find you? Share your Instagram handle and your website. Like so you can find us on
2: instagram our username is diamond dot collective and um, come and look at us for all of your diamond desires we've got so many amazing pieces on there and we also have an office in the Wentworth building in Perth CBD just next to Rain Square you can visit us by appointment
1: and your website for everyone. Our, web, our website is www.diamondcollective.com.au, and we have a beautiful online selection of our cult pieces and our best sellers online. But yeah, we do absolutely everything with diamonds: so engagement rings, wedding bands, bespoke creations, anything you can imagine that classified as jewelry. We've got you. <laughs> so yeah, drop us a message.
0: Amazing. So if you've enjoyed the podcast today and wanted to connect with Paris and Katie, be sure to drop a comment on their Instagram and let them know that you actually discovered them through this podcast and be warned, it's very addictive. They have the most <laughs> beautiful Instagram account. And then when you get on that website, I swear you're going to put a lot in your cart. So thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to thank have you on you. the podcast. Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I hope you love today's episode. I am so passionate about sharing the stories of other business owners and passing on my knowledge and experience from the last 17 years of business ownership. If you enjoyed the Passion to Profit podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a review or you shared it to your Insta stories. Don't forget to tag me at Nikki Milne underscore. In the show notes below, you'll find a link to my new step-by-step marketing audit for your business. Together, we're going to audit your current digital assets, identify your weaknesses, and you'll discover the solutions you need to accelerate growth in your business right now. And did I mention that I am letting you have this complimentary for a limited time only? It is valued at $297. So what are you waiting for? Go to nickimilne.com forward slash business audit, or hit the link in the show notes below. I'll see you there.